is Welcome to Her Revelation, a podcast for millennial women to celebrate their love of Christ, sisterhood, and a new revelation. If you're not a millennial woman, no worries. Your voice is just as important to our sisterhood, so feel free to join us. Now, let's celebrate in the word of God. Hey guys, so we are going to go into part two of our series and we're going to talk about some more of those seven churches that we were talking about, talking about. Um, So if you missed uh, our last session, our last session was discussing um, John um, and how he was exiled and in the midst of his exile, he was given um, this um, revelation that he was to share to his people, to the people of God. And this revelation is to help us be better Christians and to find our way into um, the kingdom of God. Um, So I really hope that you guys do take the time to read the full book of Revelations. But I definitely wanted to just go over the seven churches because these key churches, um, there are things that these churches were doing that I feel like are present today. And I definitely feel like we should definitely uh, learn from these churches. So... Before I start, we're going to go into prayer. So, um, and then I kind of want to do a song with you guys. Um, I know we don't do that often, but I loved some songs that I wanted this to share with you guys. Um, and so you may see me start doing a little um, sing-along in the morning. Um, I really feel like that's been laid on my spirit to do. So I will do it. Um, so I have to order some things and then we'll get that together so I can have a camera in the car because I'm probably going to have to do it on my way to work. <laughs> but um, so we're going to um, say a prayer and then I'll do a song and then we'll go for it from there. Okay. So Heavenly Father, I come to you as humbly as I know how, God, asking God that you sanctify us this day. God, I ask that you give me understanding of what to say to your people. Help me not to say anything that is outside of what you want me to say, God, but help me to speak only what you want me to speak. God, I ask that you sanctify my sisters, God, today. I ask that you crown them from the crown of their head to the, I'm sorry, I hope that you bless them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet, God. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for loving on them, God. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for giving them joy, peace, and understanding. God, allow us, Holy Ghost, that we, when we seek after you, God, that we are able to find you, God, and give us peace to know who you are, God. Open our eyes and our hearts that we're able to receive what you want us to receive and sanctify us, God, that we're our ears, that we're able to hear what you have to say to us as well, God. God, I thank you, Holy Ghost, for your love and your divine power and understanding. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for just being who you are to us, God. Help us, Holy Ghost, as we get closer and closer to you. God, help us, Holy Ghost, that when we learn these seven churches, God, that we see what we need to do so that we may be able to prosper and to live according to your word and to be able to see you at the end. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, sisters. Ooh. When I tell you, <laughs> I am I am just excited. I am so excited. And I thank God for all that He is doing. So one thing that I did forget to mention um last the last um series is that me and my sister-in-law have went to a store and we saw these adorable prayer cards and these are so adorable. And I was like, oh, and my sister-in-law was like, well, it'd be really nice if you would be able to post it. And I was like, yeah, I think I will. I don't, 
I don't know the company. This is not like a paid ad or anything like that. Um, the company is called Crown Jewels, and I'll leave their information um, at the bottom. But you can go to Crown Jewels and get them if you like. They're more like inspirational um, scriptures. Um, so I felt like I, after every um, or in the beginning of every um the end of the beginning, one day in the midst of it, I am going to read a card. Since I didn't do it in the last one, I felt like I should probably read one now so I don't forget. But these are so super cute, guys. And it's just really cute. They're really, really, really cute. And you, and they have a little scripture here. And um, I think that that's really good. It's, it's something really good. Like I know that some of us have like devotional books and things like that. And um, that's really nice and good. But it's, you know, like you have those little recipe books, um, boxes. You could probably put this in like a little recipe box and then, you know, pull this out every morning. And this is a, a confirmation. This is something that you can help to, to inspire you. And, and, you know, and it's, it's supposed to be inspirational prayers and scriptures, uh, card for yourself or others. And they usually come about 20. I think it's 20. I don't think it's more than 20, but there might be. But um, I think the ones that I got are only 20. But uh, please go to their site and, and definitely support them. That is a beautiful, um, a beautiful card. Um, so today's prayer is um, Philippians 1, 6. And it says, who, who, he who begins a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ, of Christ Jesus. So that is a beautiful prayer. Thank you guys for coming up with this crown jewels. I will definitely put you guys a uh, link in there so that people can go to your website and purchase these. These are so cute, guys. I hope that you guys are able to do it. Um, and so, yeah, so we did that scripture. So... Um, so just to go over everything that we did last, um, on our last podcast, we talked about, um, John being exiled and having to go on to an island, uh, where he received his revelation. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I don't know what happened there, guys. So, um, God, uh, John received a revelation from Jesus Christ um, to write a letter to the seven churches and also to write down what he allowed him to see um, in, in the midst of his um, revelation. In the seven churches, we learned that the church, uh, the first church that we went over was Emphasis, and that was known as the Church of um the loveless church and it was a loveless church, but the things were that they were doing the things of God, you know, they were, um, they were feeding the homeless. They were not liking the sinfulness. They were doing those things, but they forgot to love. And I think that that's one thing that God doesn't want us to do is to get to a point where we're so judgmental that there's no love behind it. Like, you can correct a person, but it would be love. You know what I'm saying? I think that that was one thing that I loved about my mother is because she would correct me, but it would be in love. Um, and I and I feel like God kind of helped her with that. I think that God showed her how to, to love me and to discipline me in love. And I think every parent does, but I think that there's times where a parent gets frustrated and sometimes their anger gets put on the child. And I think that, I think that there was a point where my mom would get frustrated, but then I think God kind of helped her to navigate how to approach it. And that's 
what I appreciate because child, I know being a, a single parent mother, it's not, it's not, I mean, my father was in, in my life, but my mom was my primary parent. So she was the one that did everything. And so I just thank God because she, she did that. She took care of me and, and that she was able to love me even in my wrong. And that's how I feel that we should do as well. So mommy Shirley, thank you <laughs> for your love. I thank you. And my father, he, he loves me too. I, I love you too, pops. I love you, daddy. Um, so I'm not saying you want a good dad. I'm just saying that mom was the primary and yeah, she, she showed love a lot. Um, but I was a good child. I only got one whooping from my daddy. Um, now my mama, but my daddy only whipped me one time. But uh, because I was a good child, I was really a good child. <laughs> and he didn't have to deal with me on the regular. But I don't even think my mom had to whip me that much, uh, to be honest. Um, but um, and don't don't come here with that um, parent shouldn't whoop because I do believe. I, look, Jesus whoops me too, okay? So, we're not doing that, okay? So, don't come for my parents <laughs> or me. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to get into it. I am super nervous and excited at the same time. So, we're going to go into our... Um, are uh, the seven churches and revelations and I hope that you guys can see the notes because I know that they're a little small but I hope that you guys can see them um so we're going to go into the seven churches of revelations and right now we're going to talk about Smyrna so Smyrna this church and actually before I go there let me read the scripture first I don't know why I keep doing that I keep going straight to the PowerPoint because I, I work really hard on these PowerPoints guys because I love PowerPoints. I'm a PowerPoint person. I need notes. I need little little snippets to help. So I, I made some for you guys and I hope that you guys like it. Um but I get too excited to share that first. I don't Jesus calm me down. All right. So we're gonna go to the prosecuted church, which is the Church of Smyrna. And it begins on, um, so it's chapter 2 of Revelations, and it's uh, verses 8 through 11. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things say the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulations, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those that say they are Jews and are not but are, synagogue of sin, uh, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulations ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcome shall not be hurt by the second death. Mm. So we know that we will suffer. Some of us will have to suffer. And it's not the best to know that, right? But what I love about my God is that he's saying he's going to be with them in the mist, right? He tells me he's with me. Um, so 
here we see that um, John is writing to Smyrna and Christ reminds the church that, again, he is the beginning and the end. And he also reminds them of his crucifixion and his resurrection. Um, and if you missed that part, um, that's where um, he says, these things say the first and the last who has died and came to life. So basically, he's already foreshadowing what he's about to discuss with them. He's about to let them know, look, I have died and I have come back to life. This is something you know that I've done. So this is something that I know that you're going to have to do. And you know that if I was able to come back to life, then you are too. So that's essentially what this is about. Um, Christ also acknowledges the works of his people. He tells them, look, I see what you have done. I see the works that you're doing, the tribulations. And although you are not rich in, in, in monetary things or with money, you know, you guys are rich. You're poor in the things of what you have, but you are definitely rich in the spirit. And that's what we're wanting. We want to be rich in the spirit. And so he says, look, um, although you may feel that you are poor and going through the trials and tribulations, your works and your faithfulness are really the elements that make you rich. Right. Um, so he advises them um, that he also knows about their enemy. I don't know why I'm looking around. Guys. I'm a little nervous. Sorry. He also tells them, look, I know about your enemies. And so your enemies are are going to be um, those false believers, those false people that says they're Jews and they're not. And he says that he knows that they're synagogue Satan's. So of Satan. So um, basically, he's saying that he knows that they're the enemy. He knows that um, they don't love him. Um, and so he he basically tells them that 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 they're going to come for them. They're they're going to um, try to prosecute them and hurt them. And he identifies that when he says that. Look, I want you not to be fearful. I want you to go through this prosecution and this tribulation knowing that I am with you. Um, and he gives them a time frame. He says it's going to be for 10 days. 10 days, guys. 10 days is when they're going through this tribulation. But he asks them to remain faithful unto death and that they will receive a crown of life. Um, and in this death, they will actually go through a second death, which will allow them to have the eternal separation. Um, so he lets us know that there is going to be a separation at the end. There's a separation that separates those that are going to be with Christ and those that are going to be from Christ, um, meaning going into to hell and not having that opportunity. So we already know that, that there are going to be um, a coming to. So he's basically telling them, look, yeah, you're going to go through this. Um, and he's telling them, you're going to go through these trials and these tribulations and you're going to get prosecuted and just be faithful. And I think about this and I'm like, Ooh, that's so, that's so sad. It's so sad, but we know that a lot of our faithful, our faithful people have been those that were faithful people of Christ and the enemy will definitely try to destroy them. Um, if you go back and you think about um, Daniel, if you think about the, and I'm not saying they died at the hands of other people, but these are people who were, people were trying to kill them. Dan Daniel was what? Thrown into a lion's den. Thank God for saving him. Thank God for allowing him to have favor. But um, Shadrach, 
Meshach and Abednego. They were put into a fire, uh, into a, a burning furnace. God does save his people, but there are also times where he's saying, look, you're going to be prosecuted in my name. Paul, Paul was prosecuted. Paul was prosecuted. Paul used in, in, when you think of Stephen, Stephen was a faithful, a faithful man of God. And in the midst of him prophesying, man, pe people got mad and stoned Stephen. And one of those people that were people were throwing off their coats to stone Stephen, the person that was holding the coats was, was Saul. And Saul later became Paul. But but Stephen was stoned to death. And before he died, he asked God to have mercy on the people that killed him because they did not know what they were doing. Well, let's remember that Christ said the same when he was on the cross. And so he repeated that same step. And so when Stephen died, Saul later, uh, Saul was a child then, I think. And there was later on that Saul had to go um, to, to prosecute some Christians. And Saul was blinded by Christ. And he was told to go to a certain place and um, to meet someone. And the person that was supposed to meet him didn't want to meet him because he was scared. But he was obedient and he met Paul and he uh, saw and he took off the scales from Saul's eyes. And Paul became Saul changed to Paul and he changed his name. And so um Paul was also prosecuted, prosecuted, and so he did not feel worthy enough to be um, uh, crucified um, in the same direction as Christ, so he was upside down on the cross. Hey lovelies, I wanted to do an insert here because I made a big mistake and when I said that it was actually Paul that got um, put on the cross upside down, that was completely incorrect and I do apologize. One thing is for sure, we are human, we make mistakes. And the last thing I want to ever do is to deliver the word of God to you incorrectly. So I wanted to come in and just to correct myself. Paul was beheaded and that's what I was trying to get at. But I said the incorrect thing. It was Peter. Um, if you do not know who Peter is, we'll probably go over him. But he was one of the 12 disciples. You might have known of him because he was the one that denied Jesus three times. Yeah, that's him. Um, actually, what I was really trying to go for is that Paul uh, was beheaded. And so when we have this thing where we're not supposed to be prosecuted in the church, that's untrue. I wanted just to convey that there's sometimes there are going to be situations where we will be prosecuted. But trust God and he will see you through. So let's get back to the podcast and I hope you enjoy. But what I'm trying to point out is that there are some faithful servants of Christ that had to die and be prosecuted. And so this particular church, although they were doing the will of God, did have to be prosecuted. And there's going to be prosecution. There's going to be times where um, you have martyrs of Christ. You have martyrs. And um, we learn of a lot of them, a lot of them. Um, and that's the sad part. That That is definitely the sad part. Um, but it is something that comes with the walk of Christ is that we have to understand that we're not going to always, um, it's not going to always be pretty. And, and I think that's what God, what, that's what Christ wanted to let us know is that 
being a faithful person of Christ is not going to always be, be pretty. Martin Luther King did a lot of things, but guess what? He did still get assassinated. That's just what came with the territory of what he did. Um, do we believe in what he was working on and what he was doing? Yes, we wholeheartedly did. And was he doing good things? Yes. Was he perfect? No. But he did what he had to do for the people. And ultimately, that did also cost him his life. Um, so you think of all of those things. So people of Christ did have to die but you know um in their deaths though i like to believe that we learned something we learned something from martin luther king and we learned something from malcolm x even when malcolm x although he people like to say he says do it by any means necessary um which is true in extent but martin uh but Malcolm was also coming to the realization of some new things and I think that kind of scared people but again he he's he was pivotal he was pivotal in a, in a time that we needed him they all were um so we have to remember that there's just going to be some times that we we are just going to have to fight um and, and not fight in the sense of of combating but we're going to have to to let God do what God is going to do um, that is one of the churches that I did also, <laughs> I wanted to cry for, um, because those, those happen, those situations happen. We, we have that happen so many times and it's just so sad. Um, but what's so beautiful is that God promises a crown of life, right? He promises that if we go through it, um, we have that crown of life and oh my gosh guys when I tell you that when you read revelations there's some more stuff about the people who died for Christ and the promises that he has for them but whoa when I tell you you have to read the book of revelations I'm not going through the whole thing of revelations I am not but I want you guys to read it because he promises these people and and he and everything that I love about God is that he confirms oh my God, does he not confirm? And so he confirms it throughout this whole book. And it's not just this one time that we hear about this. He, Everything that you're hearing, he is confirming in everything that he's saying. And that's what I love about him. Even from the angels of the church, even from um, him telling them that he's the alpha in the beginning and the end. These things are what he says in the in the first in the chapter one, and he's just bringing it back. And I, that that that's all I'm gonna say. And he again, my God is a, conf a confirming God. He doesn't just say it and it goes away. He says it and he confirms it. Okay. I'm just saying, you don't have to believe me, but I'm telling you the truth. So now we're going to go to uh, the, the the letter to Pergamus, uh, Pergamus, the Church of Pergamus. And so the Church of Pergamus, um, that's going to be found in um, Revelations 2, 12 through 17. And that reads, And to the angel of the church of Pergamus writes, These things saith he who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know your works, and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name, and did not deny my faith even in the faith, I mean, sorry, even in the days in which um, Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed amongst you where Satan dwells 
but I have a few things against you. Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immortality. Thus, you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with a sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I have given some of hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no, no one knows except him who receives it. Woo. So I'm going to read that again because that right there, mm -mm. I don't need y'all to pass this because this right here. Mm -mm. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write these things say he who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know your works and where you dwell, where, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days of which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat these things to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immortality. Thus, uh, thus you also have those who have hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And who, he who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To whom overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Mm. And I will give him a white stone and on the stone a name written which no one knows except him who receives it. Whoa. So if you don't know, ooh, the two-edged sword. Okay. Mm. I just want you to meditate on what the, the, the man, what God is saying to them. That he is the one with the, with the two-edged sword in his mouth. If you remember, in the beginning, this is why I said God is a confirming God. In the, in the beginning, Christ reminds the church of the vision of the two-edged swords where he states he holds the two-edged sword, right? The reason John saw the vision of the two-edged sword out of the mouth of Christ was because God's word is sharp and it's able to cut and destroy anything unholy because it is truth, it is the light, and it is of God. So it is sacred. So if anything, he can destroy anything just by his words. His mouth is sharp. His words are sharp. And so it's two-edged sword. Not a one-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword. So that means that it's, ooh, it, it can cut. A two-edged sword can cut both ways, honey. A one-edged sword, you can only cut like this, right? A two-edged, you can cut like this. No matter what direction you go, it is cutting, it is slicing, it is destroying. Okay? 
I just want you to marinate on that. My God is saying that his words is sharp like a two-edged sword. Holy Ghost. Jesus. That's why the words that you speak is powerful. That's why it's powerful. But imagine if he's telling us that we have to be careful about what we speak because we hold our words are powerful because we hold the whole the Holy Ghost is he he can dwell in us and and God said that we were supposed to be able to do more than what he was able to do on earth not not in ever in earth because he has imparted a part of himself in us when he gave us the Holy Spirit so what I'm telling you right now is that if what we speak can come true and God is telling us to be careful what we speak because out of what we speak, life and power. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to say it right. Is it is it death then life is in the power of a tongue or life and death in the power of a tongue is somewhere like that. But if God is saying that to us, how powerful do you think his his words is? How, how powerful do you think that if he could just create if God could create this world and and everything in it by just speaking it? In seven days. In six. But seven he rested. But in six days he created this world. You want to tell me what? Mm, I'm just saying. I just wanted you to marinate on that. This is how powerful our God is. But Christ acknowledges their works. Of the church. And their ability not to deny Christ. And if you don't know. Animus he was murdered. And he was a faithful man of Christ. And so I would like you to read about him. Um, I want to say something that he also uh, dealt with, like some medical, had a medical background as well, um, especially I think when it comes to like teeth and stuff like that. So read about him. Um, uh, he's very, um, he's very popular in Pergamos still to this day. Um, but Christ um, also advised um, that in the midst of that, they got Satan to well up in there. Because Christ advises he knows all things, including where Satan sits in the church. Mm, Jesus. There's Satan in the church? There's Satan in the church? Did we forget that Satan was an angel? And not just any angel. He was the most beautiful angel. But guess what he was? Guess what he was? He was the worship leader. He was, he was the worshiping angel. And instead of worshiping Christ, he wanted to be worshipped. That's what caused him to be kicked out. He was the most beautiful angel and he had an angelic voice. And because he wanted to be worshipped versus worshiping Christ, he got kicked out of heaven. Mm. But he's sitting in the church. What that tells me is that Satan knows the word, right? And my mom used to always say this. Satan knows the word. He just can't live it. So what that what that lets you know is that you can lose your soul in church, honey. Church, church does not make you have have any way of going into heaven. It's the life that you live, and that's why you have to be careful because even Satan dwells in the church. You have to be careful. This is a this is a daily thing. Satan is all around and you have to be able to protect yourself and the only way you can protect yourself is by the word of God and living it God says that we are supposed to live it we will be hypocrites if we do not live what we are telling people to live and we are not living the things that we believe that the Bible tells us to do we are a hypocrite 
We are. Because if you know it, there's no excuse at this point. It's one thing if you don't know the word of God. It's the one thing when you do and you still refuse to live it. So if you know it and you don't, there's no excuse for you. But a person who does not know it, he has an excuse because he does not know it. But that's why we're supposed to go and, and teach the people so that they know. That's what that's about. Okay. So Christ notes that that animus was murdered with someone that dwells in the church, the Satan that dwells in the church, and that's the reason why. So he, he speaks on Balaam. And so if you don't know about Balaam and Balak and, and what he's saying, Christ says that it displeased him at how Balaam um, like, like how Balaam did the, did the people. Um, so he says, how like Balaam the church, um, the church are teaching the Nicolaitans. And I'm sorry, guys, I forgot to put this, the notes up, um, how he is teaching the Nicolaitans, you know, to, uh, to, to, to teach, teaching the Nicolaitans how to trick the people and to have a stumbling block. Um, so if you don't know about um, Balaam, he was a prophet. He was a prophet. Um, and when the children of Israel um, were making, you know, they were looking for a home, you know. So they, um, Bullock was a king and he didn't want them there um, in the land or near his land. So he called for ba uh, Balaam to come and to pretty much curse the people so they would leave. And every time Balaam would pray to God, God would tell Balaam, no, I've chosen these people. No, no, I'm not, don't curse them. And you tell him, don't, you know, tell him, no, you can't do what they want. So Bullock kept sending people to Balaam's home and um, asking him to curse them. And he kept telling the people, no, he can't do it. So the last time Bullock asked him to come to his home, Christ told him to go. Now, Christ told him to go, but Christ did not want him to go. And here's why I say that. You know how we keep praying for stuff and God saying, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. And you keep praying and God said, okay, if that's really what you want. Go ahead and do it. So he was angry with Balaam that he wanted to um, still go to Balak after he told him just to tell him, no, there's nothing that he can do. And so um, Balaam was on the donkey and the donkey wouldn't move. And he kept hitting the donkey and he was just mad at the donkey for not moving. And the donkey couldn't move because there's a sword and the an angel with the sword. And the donkey saved Balaam's life because the, the donkey wouldn't move. But he kept hitting uh, the donkey and the donkey said, why, why are you hitting me? Now, a donkey spoke. Okay. This, this is what I'm telling you. A donkey spoke. A donkey spoke and asked him, have I not been servant? Have I, have I not been faithful to you? Why are you doing? this to me i'm paraphrasing but i hope you guys go read that um and so basically um the donkey was saving his life but the angel said if you would have kept doing it and he would have moved i would have had to kill you when you go to bullock tell him that you can't do anything instead of just following and adhering to what the angel was telling him uh balaam still did some sacrifices 
and was asking God, could he curse Israel? And eventually it got to a point where I guess Balaam had a really true understanding that he'd stop deciding. He'd stop deciding to ask God. And he started saying a whole bunch of stuff like these are God's anointed people. They're faithful to God. They, they don't have any sin. And he was just saying too much, too much. So that it gave Balak an idea of how to get them to be displeased by God. This this story is such a powerful story, and I can only, I can't go too far in it. You need to read it because it's powerful. Um, but in the end, he caused the people to sin, and it angered God because God was he was these were his chosen people because they were faithful, and they weren't being faithful in this moment. So um, God was really mad that that they allowed themselves to be manipulated um, into this situation, and so. Basically, this type of situation was going on in this church as well. Um, and not the same people, but a same scenario. And so um, it was causing um, God to be upset. And so um, Christ instructs the church to hold to his word and repent, or he will fight them with two-edged sword in his mouth. God can speak things. To destroy them. Remember that. So he's saying look I, I will I will use the two edged sword in my mouth. To defeat you. To destroy you. And Christ promises that he will give those who follow him. A hidden manna. So if you don't know about manna. Hmm. So when the children of Israel escaped from Egypt. And they were having to walk in the wilderness. They had no food. They ran out of food. And so they were hungry. So at night. God would create manna from heaven. He would send them send them manna from heaven. So when you look up manna, mm, manna was something that was produced. And, and you people try to reproduce it now, but they can't truly reproduce it. But manna is was something kind of like like a honeycomb kind of thing, but it was made with some of the dew from the earth. And so God was raining down manna. And so it uh, when I read it, it's almost like a honeycomb. It has like a honey texture, but it's like a wafer like it's like a honey wafer kind of thing. And so that's what he was given to them to eat. And so he was saying, look, I'll give you the hidden manna. And along with that, I'll give you a white stone and I will give you a new name. Now, how many people know that when God gives you a new name, it's a blessing? Oh, I think that's time for my impromptu song. So if you don't know Jacob, Jacob is the father of Israel. And Jacob, ooh, Jacob is um, just powerful. He asked God to give him a new name. And Guess what his new name was? I'm gonna I'm let y'all I'm gonna let y'all think about it. What was his new name? Can you tell me? What was what, what did God give him? Israel. He named him Israel. So yes, yeah, so Abraham is the father of father of, of many nations, right? And so um, Jacob, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, 
<laughs> Jacob um, happens to have a new name, which is Israel. And so um, that's why we're going to play this song because this is literally like the song hits me every time I hear it. Um, so here's the impromptu. Do not pick on my voice, guys. And this is from uh, Brie. I think it's called um, Bamex. At the end of the play. So that was an impromptu. I'm sorry, guys, but I looked a little sick of book. I had to do it. I had to do it. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, Israel. Jacob was the name of Israel, right? So, Abraham was promised to. We'll go down the line. But, basically, we learn that his name was. Jacob's uh, name was changed to um, Israel. But, what we learn is that Abraham, he had children, right? He had he had Ishmael and he had Isaac. Ishmael became, a, he had his own nation. Um, Isaac ended up having children, right? And um, he had Esau and Jacob. And Jacob was the younger son. And it used to be that the older son had to receive the promise. Um, but Jacob tricked um, Esau and received the promise. And so Jacob became the one with the promise and he had to run away because Esau was so angry that he was going to kill him and uh, so Jacob runs away he falls in love with Leah and then he gets well it's a whole lot of stuff but just know that um, Jacob definitely um, oh hold on guys um, Jacob's name was changed to Israel and so if you ever get a chance to uh, listen to uh, Bria um, I think it's I don't know how to pronounce her last name but I'll put her information down listen to Jacob's song by Bria I'm telling you guys that was a beautiful song and if you guys have not heard her voice she is an amazing artist sorry guys so yeah so you definitely should um, go and listen to that song but I felt like I had to, to do that right um, because we're talking about you know, Balaam and Balak. So I felt like it was befitting. So, um, but yeah, so 
And that song has been on my heart for so long. So basically he's saying, look, I will change your name with a white stone and give you a new name. So we know a lot of people whose name was changed. We know that um, Sarah was changed to Sarah. We know that um, Saul was named, changed to Paul. We know a lot of these things, right? But God changed these people after an encounter with Christ. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's with, with God. When, when you have that encounter with God, God changes. And that's that's what we love about it. That's what I just want you guys to know that whenever we have that situation, God will definitely give us a new name and make us new. And, and what, what was beautiful is that when he says that they'll get that white stone with a new name, that they're going to be the only ones that know that name. Why they'll be the only ones to know, I don't know, but it's a promise from God. And so those are the two churches that we were going to learn for this segment. Um, we, when you come back, we will definitely go over the next two churches. Um, and I cannot wait to go over it with you guys. I love you. And I thank you so much for joining me today. May God bless you. May God cover you. May God be with you in all this journey and that all that you do and that he may bless it. I love you guys and you guys have a good day. Hey sis, thank you so much for joining our podcast. I hope that you were able to enjoy this Bible study. Let's face it, we are not perfect. But as long as we stay grounded in the word of God, it will help us to stay grounded and it will help us to make better decisions that we feel will be beneficial to our spiritual being. So I hope that this Bible study was something to give you just a little nugget to keep you going throughout the week. If you would like to join our Her Sister Circle, please go to our website, herrevelations.org and join our forum. And if you just have a prayer request or just kind of want to hear somebody or speak to someone, definitely go to contact us and we'll be more than happy to have one of our many ministers come and pray over you or just speak with some kind words into your spirit. Thank you so much for coming to Her Revelations. I pray for you sisters each and every day. We may not be together physically, but rest assured we are definitely there for you spiritually. Have a great day.